0: I'm fascinated by this weird hypnosis Nick Wright has pulled on me where he's so much a character now in the in the 49ers and Brock Purdy and how they do that I'm actively thinking about him and his reactions and it's giving me more it's I, I have to give him just thanks and gratitude, unlike so many Niners fans. I, I I really appreciate that he's made me care more because I want to see him defied proven wrong it's it's very
1: funny that you are drawn in sucked into the world of takes oh i love it because nick wright has has lured you there yes and i feel not to just make it everything about me immediately but i feel like i have gone the other way where i'm like mm-hmm. nick nick should have this hill to defend and to and to shed blood upon and i'm gonna yeah. be over there doing something else but i i am with yeah. you insofar as i see when it's done well And I see the market strategy of like, I mean, Nick, Nick has said this before, I believe, uh, and he's super smart. I've listened to him on your show um, where he said, like, uh, turns out that defending LeBron James is a market inefficiency. (laughs) And I'm like, well, fuck, he was first to market on that. I mean, not first exactly, but he managed to make that his hill. That's brilliant. Economically speaking, it's brilliant.
0: Crushing LeBron James is also a market inefficiency. It's both in both directions, or not both in both directions, but just being strong in either way is uh, something that attracts attention and opprobrium. Do it again, do it again. Welcome to the House of Strauss. Yeah, go for it. Stars hang with stars, winners hang with winners. (laughs) See un gentil moment à la Is the house of Strauss? It's me doing a very casual intro of Pablo Torre, of Pablo Finds Out, of Metal Arc Media. A guy I've been told has a very similar voice to myself. We've both been told this, Pablo, over the years. It's a problem. You think someone listening to your show is already like,
1: what the fuck is this? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they're wondering maybe. Is this Pablo speaking right now, or did Ethan just respond? Which one do I kill? That whole <laughs> conundrum in science fiction.
1: I don't know which one to shoot. Yeah, yeah subscribe to my Substack before you shoot either of us is a fair statement <laughs> for either of us to say. Pablo.show. Maybe both of them? Yeah, both both of us should be, in fact,
0: shots. But to what you're saying, how you let Nick Wright or somebody who's an excellent takes man have the take kill, and you have gone... To a different place, are we both beset by this vanity in this space where part of us is just not allowing ourselves to embrace true sports fandom because we go, oh, we're, we're, we're smarter than that? Is, is that what's happening? Or is it just not in us to be that passionate about the take?
1: i I like to believe and maybe this is just me indulging in in the fan fiction of of sports taking. I like to believe that the people who are really about this life are really about this life, you know mm. um in, insofar as like they get off on it. I oh, don't yeah. get off on it in that way, but I am fascinated by it and I still by the way, I still do PTI around the horn like I traffic in takes it's just that my and this is just now getting uh, increasingly sexual, but my kink is not that. Huh. You know, my kink and I don't mm. think yours is either, Ethan. You know, or at the mm. very least, it's not what, what you like have it? yourself done with the freedom that you have with your own with your own substack. It's not what you've done. Mm. Now you've 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 yeah. you've I think analyzed it almost and like right now, both of us confusingly with similar voices, anthropologically yep. assessed it. <laughs> but I don't mm-hmm. see you leading your newsletter with, you know, Brock Purdy is the GOAT. I don't see that. <laughs>
0: I did write something about why he might have been underrated a draft choice. And I got such a positive reaction from that, that it did make me feel as though there's this contingent. Nick Wright said it on my podcast that he was delighted that I wrote it. And there there is a contingent that wants me to do that. That's the, that's that, what they well, Hold want on, from hold me. on.
1: I read that. I read that newsletter. And when I say <laughs> that you assessed it from a different angle, you did part media criticism, part certainly football analysis. But your way in was not through uh, the front door on that topic. And I think part no. of entering the front door is what, you know, again, with all due credit, truly to to Nick, to Stephen A, to every we know the people who do this. And I yeah. think knocking on the front door is is almost part of the job description. And you're not, neither of us here are
0: doing this. Yeah, I don't want to have that much riding on it. And to them, I don't think it feels like that much because that's the right perspective. They're riding the waves of it where yeah, a bunch of people are shitting on Nick Wright because Brock Purdy had an amazing game on Sunday, but then Josh Allen on Monday had a not-so-amazing game. The Bills are in dire straits, and that's really been a take that has worked out better for Nick. And uh, maybe these are questions to ask him when he comes on, but do you just sort of sit back in the way uh, Haralabob, the NBA gambler, doesn't get too high or too low? It is even-keeled because I I couldn't help it. If I had that much of my reputation being debated um, according to what happens out there, I would just be so bothered. It would be very difficult for me to focus day to day.
1: Well, I think the Haralabob example, like Bob Bulgaris, is a great is a great reason why I have decided. And and you're right to your earlier sort of um, self-incrimination. Maybe we just don't have the balls to go all in on yeah. taking. Um, because when I think about it rigorously, I'm like, well, if I really want to go all in on taking, I would become like a quant who sort of sussed out what Vegas thinks, what the models think, like I, my brain, I I would feel genuinely insecure if I define myself by my takes. And I knew the entire time that the best takes, the most defensible takes were accomplished Mm. by those with actual rigor behind their, their process. Like any gambler, would have stronger evidence, I think, for their takes than the the most rigorous takesmen, as you call them. And I'm I'm like, yeah. I don't... And look, of course, what this means is that theater is a the secret ingredient. Of course, we're talking about Stephen yes. A. and Nick, by the way, both who are excellent theatrical um, so orators. And, and again, I, I hope Nick loves how much I'm talking about him to begin this podcast. <laughs> but his point to you, which I thought was brilliant, was that lesson he learned from local radio about, like, you want to make the other person agree with something that you say and therefore use that as, like, this Trojan horse to then expect... Surprise! You agree with me! And that makes me laugh. Yes. Like, it makes me laugh to think about, and I think he even said it to borrow the language of that episode, which I I remember too vividly at this point. um, There's, like, a Supreme Court arguing in front of the Supreme Court aspect to this. You can take it seriously to that level of argumentation, my my inner monologue is simply saying, but like, I don't know, man, you're still not going to be as good at prediction as people whose job is literally to make money off of prediction in a far more quantitative way.
0: Yeah, Nick is so good at what you're identifying there of getting you to agree. And it's almost like in in Goodfellas leading somebody to their doom, just going, you want to go here? Yeah. It's like, okay, I I do want to go here. And then wham, there's the setup. You've got to be aware. But it's a very effective tool. And I enjoy the theater of it. I enjoy the strategy of it. I do not look down on any of it, like many of our colleagues do. I, I just, when I was on the road as a beat reporter, which at this point, that might be a drinking game, on this podcast, never bring that up, but (laughs) everyone has died of alcohol
1: (laughs) poisoning. Ethan, if that's the game, we've all died.
0: I was a beat writer in that weird Cleveland hotel. That was, I think a convention center that had been emptied out. Um, and I remember watching first take in the dead of winter and just being entranced by, uh, the choreography of it, the passion of it. But the thing that I could never bring to the table in that setting, and I suspect you're similar I don't think we could ever pretend to care as much about the outcomes. And I'm not saying those people are pretending. Maybe it works because they're not. You would have more insight into that than I would. But I, I, I and I wonder, for me, it might be my intellectual vanity. I, I would find it very difficult to be as hardcore about the outcome of a game like that. But that's what the people want. That's what people want when they're yeah. watching. Oh, and God oh, damn it, oh. they should. So part
1: of the reason I respect uh sports debate as a genre is that you're putting ego on the line. Like the reason I love boxing or any sort of like fight is because someone is about to get humiliated. And that's the mm. that's the utmost premise of 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 a of a television product in which someone being embarrassed is kind of the point. And so yes. for me what I think about is how much I actually don't love conflict, um, mm. you know, like I don't I don't think I so I, I admittedly there was a point in my career where there was a it wasn't so clearly a fork, but it was like over here there is television sports debate and this is the path trod by Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. And again, I fill it on PTI. I love moonlighting in this way. But beyond that, there was this, again, Stephen A. pushed the form um, in ways that I can wax poetic about in terms of his oratorical technique, his use of negative space, yeah. silence, oh, just masterful, so truly masterful. It, the balls it takes to be quiet in a sports debate is is it's, it's like the ultimate proof of your confidence. And Stephen A. has that in spades. Mm-hmm. I admire this, to be clear. Um, but there was this fork where it was like, do I want to live and die with my takes? Do I want to be in a constant position of of defending a Hill. And I think I don't love the conflict enough, or at the very least to your, again, earlier point, self-indictment, perhaps. um, It's just not a comfort zone for me. That's not, I, 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 I love it. I I almost, I think we're the same in in this way um, vocally and in the analysis (laughs) of, of vocal, of vocal performance. I love it as a theater critic as much as mm. i love it as as like a thing i want to do myself even though i I've, mm. I've i've done it um, i just don't think i'm that i'm i'm not that kind of weird it's a very deliberate kind of weirdo that loves it and i don't think i am that
0: you've never gone into a pti fill in and just said to yourself i'm just going to go pause today i'm going with the pauses i'm going full you know, Costanza, opposite of intuition, going in there. Jim Harbaugh, the thing that people are not acknowledging about what he did.